Welcome to the FinTV podcast series, where we tap into the collective expertise of the world's leading supply chain, manufacturing, and digital innovators. My name is Maria Villablanca, the co-founder and CEO of Future Insights Network, and I'll be your host. Join us every week to hear the opinions, lessons, and general guidelines from the industry's leading minds. FinTV, insights for today's digital leaders. Hi, everyone. Welcome to this episode of FinTV. Today, I am joined by Declan Supple, who is the former vice president of global supply chain at Stada. Uh, Declan, thanks so much for joining us from Germany. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, your journey so far? Sure, Maria, thanks very much for having me on the, uh, on the program. I think, it's, uh, I think it's a great series of interviews that you're running as well. It's um, good to get in front of a screen and to share ideas and thoughts as well with the community. And I've seen a few of the videos that you've done so far and I, I find them really fascinating. So thanks very much for doing that. Um, no, great. Tell us a little bit about yourself though. You know, you've been in the industry uh, some time. Yeah, sure. So I'm a, uh, I'm a bit of a strange, a strange animal in that I spent uh, a long time in consulting first. Um, so I spent 20 years in consulting with Accenture uh, and went up through the ranks there and did a lot of work on process optimization, end-to-end ERP implementations, uh, and then building and running uh, the supply chain practice within Accenture with some, uh, some really great colleagues there. And then about eight or 10 years ago, I decided to make a move into industry. So uh, usually people would make that move earlier, but I was having so much fun at Accenture, I decided to stay on there for a while. Um, so I moved into a subsidiary of Associated British Foods and I spent uh, several years running their global supply chain in the biotech space. Um, we were manufacturing enzymes, which went into dozens of different industries globally. And for the last couple of years, I've been running the global supply chain at Stada, which is a big uh, generic and specialty pharmaceutical company based out of Germany. That's really interesting. So you've seen it from across the aisle and then crossed over to uh, the dark side, the light side, depending on how you, you ask it uh, or how you look at it. L- l- let, me, um, let me ask you right now about the role of the supply chain director, because surely in your time from consulting all the way to today, you've seen the role evolve. I mean, before we get to to talking about COVID, which is on everyone's mind, how have you seen the role of supply chain leader evolve over the years? Yeah, good question. So, I mean, when I was uh, maybe 10 years ago, 15 years ago, when I was consulting and I was talking to some of the big chemical manufacturing organizations in Europe and in the US especially, um, supply chain was uh, really understood to be, if you like, a mixture of logistics and planning and it was, you know, fairly hands-on, fairly operational activities that people bundled together under the title of supply chain. About, around about, let's say, 10 years ago, so then we started pushing the idea that supply chain was more strategic and, you know, we, everybody's read about earning a place at the table. Um, And this has been one of the conversations that I've had now, especially over the last eight years or so in industry, uh, because it is actually uh, very, very clear to me in my experience and what I've seen in both the ADF role and in the Stata role, that we have such a massive um, view of the end-to-end value chain from the supply chain function that we are pretty uniquely positioned to have the conversation at the board around what are the priorities we're setting from demand and supply. Um, And so I see the role of the supply chain director really is morphing into one which is essential at the top leadership levels of the company. Well, I think now more so than ever, right? I mean, uh, one of the things that I keep hearing is that companies will live or die 
through this crisis via their supply chains. Yeah. So how important do you see the role of the supply chain leader in um, today and post COVID? Uh, I think it's uh, very, very important. It's, I mean, it, it's also a challenging role, I think. Uh, and that's one of the main reasons uh, I love doing what I'm doing at the moment. And one of the main reasons I'm doing this is because you have a real, a real opportunity to work on strategic initiatives, but also very, very hands-on, very, very operational tasks. You know, at the moment with COVID or with other disruptors that we're being hit with all the time, a lot of the time it's about getting pallets onto trucks, it's about securing the supply, filling the plane, uh, getting the product out to the pharmacy or out into the hospital or out to your customers. But at the same time, the role of the supply chain director or vice president or whatever role they have in the organization is more and more um, involved in the long-term planning. Yeah? So we've all heard about IDP, and I'm not talking about IDP tools or systems. We're talking about integrated business planning and the, let's say, in the, in the pure concept of the term, uh, whereby you have an objective or a target, which is the company objective, and you realize through your mid and long-term planning whether you're on track to hit that target or not. And if you're not on track, it may be a demand issue, it may be a supply issue, but you have a series of activities that you need to go through to close that gap. Um, and we are uniquely positioned in the running of the end-to-end -end supply chain, provided, of course, that that's how you're set up in your organization, to help to close that gap, to see where the issues are coming from, to see whether we can supply more, or whether we are um, not very efficient in the way that we're running because we're chasing uh, incorrect demand data. And do you think that the, um, uh, the role of the supply chain director now more is commercially focused, business focused, more so than a back office, uh, you know, uh, I guess back office cost center? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think uh, now it could be as well, my background, I come more from a business background than from, let's say, uh, an operations background myself personally. So uh, when I was going through my early years of education and early years of my career, a lot of what was driving me was the, the marketing strategy, the business strategy, uh, you know, Michael Porter and all the other models were the ones with the top of the agenda rather than uh, logistics optimization or warehouse optimization. But um, the conversations that we're having now are very, very much driven by business needs, and they have to be driven by business needs. We have uh, also within supply chain the visibility, uh, and we need the visibility to understand what are the different business models that we're looking to support. So typically in one company, you won't have one product and one supply chain. You'll typically have a portfolio of products and many different supply chain priorities, if you like, that you're trying to satisfy at one time. And so you have to understand what those business needs are to cluster and to segment your different parts of your portfolio into different supply chains. And that will bring across multiple challenges, won't it? You know, uh, challenges in terms of uh, being agile, being adaptable, which in turn are pretty good skills to have in a crisis. Yeah, absolutely. And so, uh, you know, you, you're, you're therefore looking at not necessarily saying, have I got a good process? Is my SNOP a best in class SNOP? That's essential and that's a, that's a prerequisite, I would, I would argue. Or uh, have I automated my warehouse operations or have I got my, I don't know, uh, you know, have I, have I implemented the latest uh, thinking in how to run my order to cash process? 
Um, that, that's one element of it. But the other element of it is what people do you have in your team? And do they understand these challenges? They understand the expectations of your commercial workforce. And are they agile, as you say, enough to be able to respond to uh, new needs that are cropping up on a day-to-day -day basis? I mean, we all know the classic situation that uh, a product isn't available in a market and the first people you beat up on are the supply chain people, right? So you've got your local supply chain manager who's getting beaten up by the sales director and then it gets escalated usually out of all proportion. So you need to have people that are uh, savvy with the business needs and able to pick up the conversation at the very, very beginning to say, well, tell me what are the priorities that we have in this market and how do I deal with this either locally, regionally or globally? And then take that conversation through the whole organization and you know that's that's process that's organization then you've got systems and you know we need the data we need the information we need to see uh, where is the profit being driven out of different parts of the portfolio or where are the costs being generated uh, do we have unit costs that are best in class or is that even important to us and so this transparency and this use of systems is uh, another key element of what we need to use as well well, you've, you've got the, you know, this technology, having to know technology, having to know business and commercial, having to know your own uh, business as well as, you know, macroeconomic factors, microeconomic factors. Uh, the role seems to have evolved quite a lot over the, over the years. Let's talk about the teams, teams themselves. How are teams different 20 years ago in the industry than today? So I think... Um, if I look at teams that I was working with, let's say in the mid or late 90s, and I'm looking at teams that, I was, that I'm working with today, um, typically what you will see is that back in you know, 20 years ago, um, you will have had quite a strong focus on handbooks, on process guidelines, on instructions for how to do your daily planning or how to run your monthly SNOP cycle or how to achieve perfect order fulfillment. And these are, you know, sort of steps that you would go through, typically combined with maybe an ERP system that's just been put in place and making sure that you're clicking on all the right buttons at all the right times. And people would have been focused on the clicks and the steps and the day-to-day -day routine. Now what's happening is you've got uh, challenges cropping up all over the place. You've got suppliers that are not satisfied anymore to be pushed around in the same way that may, they may have been pushed around 20 years ago. Customers that perhaps have got better insight into your data, into your performance than you may even have yourself. Uh, regulations and regulatory authorities that are putting you under increasing pressure. Political movements where you know trade blocks basically are beginning to change the way that we work with each other. And you've got new players. So we've got an increased, um, an increased proportion of new players in each of those different parts of the process that we're working with. And there I mean outsourcing companies, service providers, 3PL, 4PL, uh, data analytics companies. And so the challenge for your individual in your team is far greater now than it was 20 years ago. So you're, you're typically, in what I've seen over the past 10 years or so, you're typically uh, really challenged by having the conversation with each and every one of your team members to understand what is it that they really excel in and they want to work on and they can work on rather than having a conversation with them around uh, are you good enough are you fast enough are you doing the right thing yeah so it, it's a very different dynamic I think. 
it sounds like, I mean, no pun intended, a lot of moving parts, you know, uh, for sure. You've got a lot of things that are, that are on, on everyone's plates right now. So the team structure has evolved quite significantly. What about the roles themselves? Do you think people need to have more of a background in data? You know, do you see more data scientists, for instance, or data analytics involved? Um, do you see more technology focused people changing, you know, from in the past to now to the future? I think that we're all being challenged in the way that we use data and that we use the systems. Um, and there, you know, there's been a lot of talk over the past few years around the use of data scientists and it being a, a, a scarce role or a scarce resource. Um, and the fact that we will all need to employ many more data scientists to, to run the operations that we're looking to run. I think I have a slightly different view on that, and that is that I think we need to be less um, in awe, if you like, of the systems and of the data that we use on a day-to-day -day basis. And I think that each of us needs to understand not the systems and the data requirements, but needs to understand what is it that I'm trying to get out of this thing. Yeah. So, I don't know, let's take a very simple example. If I have a customer master record on my ERP system, and I know that the contact person that I'm working with has, I don't know, has recently married or has two kids or has a dog or has moved home. This is a piece of information which is potentially relevant for many, many different players in, in the company. And so it's not a question of I have to go and do the master dating update, the master date updating process. It's a question of how do I get this information into the people that will use this across the company. And so I think we need to be less scared of the systems and the data and need to all of us uh, think about what can I get out of the information? Well, I'm going to say one word, hype. There seems to be quite a lot of hype at the moment about all this fantastic new futuristic technology that's out there that's going to be the, you know, solve every single problem. Is what you're suggesting that we go back to our roots as supply chain professionals and remember what it is that we do well uh, and focus on the process, not the tech, or a combination of all of the above? No, I think that we need to, uh, I don't think that we need to go back to process uh, because yes, process is important, but I think an over, an over emphasis on the process adherence or the process quality will end up bogging people down. Yeah, so we've spent many, yeah. many years trying to get the perfect process and we can probably spend another 20 years doing the same thing, but at which stage systems will have overtaken us and AI will have basically taken hold and we'll be moving far faster with information while we try and figure out our old fashioned processes. Right. Um, so I'm not suggesting that we go back to process and ignore the technology or don't use it. What I'm saying is, that I believe there are many, many opportunities, and you're right, there is a lot of hype at the moment about technology, but I do believe that there are, uh, don't ask me to name you any systems now, but there are systems and there are providers out there that are able to mine an incredible amount of information and pull it out of different sources, whether that's out of emails or out of your ERP system, out of Excel files, meeting notes, or what have you, and will process that information into whatever the scenario is that you're looking for the system to answer for you. And so I think what we need to do is we need to shift our mindset a little bit away from the menial and more into the tactical or into the strategic use of, use of that information. And that means let the, let the systems take care of the time-consuming, inefficient work because we're never going to be able to catch up with um, with artificial intelligence or with uh, system supported analysis of the data, 
but let us think about what are the uses of that information that we want. So let the technology do the repetitive work. Let's go back to what we as humans do well, which is the creative, the strategic, the, the thinking part of uh, improving uh, our supply chains or improving our, uh, our client relationships, really. Um, yeah. I think what I, was, what, what, also what I was trying to get at is that if you go back to, I don't know, 20 years ago, everything was all about Lean, Six Sigma, and all those kinds of management methodologies, which are great. And I think it, if what you're trying to say is if we just focus on process, we'll go down that road. If we just focus on the tech, we'll be wowed and amazed by the tech. Uh, what you're suggesting is that we let the tech do the tech, we let the processes do the processes, and we focus on where we're strongest at, which is innovation, opportunities, strategic, tactical, et cetera. What do you think? Yeah, I think so. I think, I mean, we've got to be careful as well. I'm not saying that there's a shift or there's a move back into anything. Unfortunately for us, um, I think it's more of an additional layer on top of what we've been working on already. So I don't think that I would in any way take away the need for us to have a lean mindset or a lean Six Sigma mindset or an operational excellence mindset when it comes to running efficient operations. Uh, I think that we'll always have many industries that are completely dependent on running business operations or whatever elements of their business as efficiently as possible. And that, you know, that's a simple fact of life that we will need to incorporate in everything we do. But I think that we need to be smarter about what we spend our time on. I think, I think you're right with that. Um, one of the things that's coming out, actually before COVID, everybody was talking about digital transformation. Uh, they were talking about disruption because you've got players coming into the field that you know, are not your traditional large enterprises that are really changing the game, the gig economy, et cetera. Uh, now that we're in COVID, what do you think are the biggest drivers for supply chain professionals moving forward? The biggest driver is out of the current crisis, you mean, or, or are you, you know? Well, it just seems, do you think that still these are the same drivers? Do you think that the conversation, you know, pre-COVID COVID was all about digital transformation? Do you still think that once we get over the firefighting phase, we still need to be having the conversations around digital transformation, end-to-end -end visibility, uh, et cetera? For me, the digital transformation is driven not by the fact that we have increased system capacity or new providers or we're moving to a 5G network or we have faster processors. But it is driven by the, well, the speed and the technology and the capabilities that we have now, which are far more advanced than they ever have been and they will be, continue to get better, to fulfill the needs that we are placing on that technology. So for example, uh, if I talk about digitization, I will be talking about digitization, for example, uh, to get insight into my business. Yeah? So I will, I will draw on uh, information from systems that I would never have dreamt of five or 10 years ago to get an understanding about what my customers are up to or what is influencing their decisions. Uh, and I'll be able to go into you know, access pieces of information that they will be dealing with on a day-to-day -day basis that I may not have been able to deal with myself five years ago. Yeah? Um, and so that will give me this insight. And if you, and if you think back to CRM uh, initiatives of 10, 15, 20 years ago, we were always talking about getting insight about the customer. Now we're basically talking about the same thing, but it's about getting insight across the entire value chain and understanding what is it, what is it that's driving our decisions. 
uh, or I can use technology to uh, increase my speed or my efficiency. Yeah? Because simply, like we just said, um, for 80% of my product portfolio, I can use statistical forecasting methods. So I'll let the machine do that and I'll concentrate on the 20% that's difficult. Right? Or it may be health and safety reasons. Yeah? It might be safer for a machine to drive through the warehouse than it is for me to have 10 people carrying stuff around. And so what I would say is we're, we're really advanced and we're advancing very, very quickly in terms of the application of technology. But we, we have to think about what that application is and what's important for, for our business. Okay, what, what are the challenges right now? What are the, what, what are the difficulties? Um, I mean, aside from, aside from the obvious, aside from the COVID-19 obvious uh, one, but generally speaking. Uh, it comes a little bit down to the good, old, the good old fashioned stuff, right? Which is, I think, one of the key difficulties that we have is uh, back, down to, back down to us and the way that we communicate with each other and the way that we, uh, that we leverage these new technologies. Yeah? So on the one hand, it is the human element. Uh, uh, am I in a position to have the conversation with my colleagues at a board level or in a senior leadership team uh, to not be scared of the new technology and to be completely open and honest about what it is that I can achieve uh, by introducing new data or new information? And am I willing to be completely open and honest as well about perhaps weaknesses that may be exposed in my own personal operation. So if I'm head of sales and I haven't managed to win that contract in that region, uh, does this become blindingly obvious then to all of my colleagues all of a sudden? Or if I'm in supply chain and uh, my performance in one uh, part of my supply chain is miserable compared to another part of my supply chain, am I willing to make that, uh, you know, expose that and make that visible to everybody? And for me, that's one of the biggest challenges is this, is this uh, ego that we have basically to try to deal well with that, with that information. Uh, another one, and that's I think also becoming quite obvious in, uh, at the moment with uh, the coronavirus uh, challenge that we have is a political one. Yeah? So how do, I, how do I coordinate a response um, at a government level and internationally and across different institutions, which is in the interest of all of the different stakeholders. Yeah? And that may be people who are left or right of the spectrum in terms of politics, or it may be people who are in need versus people who are not in need. It may be people who are impacted today or people that will be impacted in six months. And so, and so these challenges are uh, demanding an awful lot of the politicians and the regulatory authorities at the moment as well. So the humans, basically, you keep coming back down to it. It, it, it comes down to that. The challenges are going to be with, with us humans. Um, a lot of the people that, keep, that I keep talking to, um, I ask them this question. Do you see any opportunities that could come out of the COVID-19 crisis? Yeah, I think I mean, I think what it's uh, showing us is that we're pretty agile and we're pretty flexible in terms of um, our willingness to deal with uh, new ways of working. Um, uh, so what is it now, 85, 90% of many of the biggest in, uh, economies have people working from home. Um, and this has been pushed upon us um, to a far greater extent than any experiment we would have tried to run uh, if we hadn't been pushed into this situation. So I think it's demonstrating that we are able to do that. Right? Um, it's also demonstrating that there are uh, opportunities in terms of, I don't know, 
know, which technologies we can use or can I use, let's say, drone technology or robots to carry out um, deliveries? Uh, can I use uh, smart apps to track um, where, uh, where people are, where products are, and so on? So I think that there's a lot of uh, learning that will come out of this. And I think one of the biggest one of the biggest and most interesting uh, lessons learned exercises will be for us to exactly do that over the next three to six months and sit down and say, well, what are we going to take away from this and how can we apply that quickly? Do you think that there's an opportunity here for perhaps looking at new business models, uh, addressing things like the circular economy, looking at more sustainable business models? Um, do you think we have that opportunity here? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think... Um, uh, one of the, I mean, it, it, just think back three months, uh, and like you were saying, digitization was the buzzword then, but also the impact of uh, global warming or the environmental impact that we're having with the way that we're running industry is potentially even a far bigger issue to how we work and live than the issue that we're going through at the moment with the virus, right? And that will come back and we'll, we'll be challenged by that to at least the same extent as we were before, if not even to a bigger extent. So I believe that those priorities will remain. And I would hope that we have taken away some lessons learned at this experience to apply new ways of thinking to dealing with uh, those bigger issues as well. Um, let's circle back to something we talked about at the beginning, which is the role of the supply chain uh, director or the supply chain leader within an organization. Um, you know, they, we really have an opportunity here to make it to the boardroom, maybe make it to, uh, you know, CEO level in, in businesses. How can a professional today look to get through the crisis, number one, and two, look to maintain supply chain as a key leading person at the seat of ta with a seat at the table? So I think, um, and this is something that, I, uh, that I've given my kids as well, um, which is a... Uh, an attitude towards learning, which is don't expect to learn off by heart what, what is written down in the textbook today and then have to go in in six months and regurgitate that in an exam and write down the facts as they were presented to you because we simply do not know what challenges we'll be facing in six months or in 24 months or in five years. And so my uh, message to anybody looking to get involved in supply chain, uh, because it is such a broad role and has such a, a central role to play, I believe, in these conversations at the, topest level, uh, at the highest levels of, uh, of, of uh, leadership, um, is to go in with an open mind and be ready to deal with the unknown. And that means... Um, don't expect to have absolute certainty in how you work today and that, that that's the way that you will be working tomorrow. Uh, learn how to filter information quickly. Uh, learn how to prioritize. Learn how to recognize things for what they may not seem to be originally. Learn how to filter uh, untruths from truths and to, uh, to get past uh, you know, smoke bombs of incorrect information. And they're the types of skills that I believe we'll be asking our people to be able to demonstrate and to show far more in the next five to 10 years in the area of supply chain. So probably look at highlighting the things that supply chain people have been doing for quite some time, which is adapting to complex environments, uh, being demonstrating agility, building you know, successful teams that can manage multiple things. Uh, let's talk about recruiting teams. 
one of the things that I've always said is that is I believe that supply chain has a bit of an image issue. You know, it's seen as a warehousey type of, you know, uh, position or warehousey type of job. What can we do now and post COVID to attract top talent to supply chain? Um, yeah, uh, it's a good question. And I, uh, I think that we, we can't, um, I, I think that the focus on warehousey type of profiles or, you know, somebody who's gone through a logistics degree being the only person who's qualified to work in the area of supply chain is, uh, is an old fashioned idea. Um, it's of course we need to have very, very strong, uh, very operational skills and people who are able to think fast on their feet and run increasingly complex operations. So the challenges for a logistics manager, a logistics leader are not going to get fewer. They're going to, they're going to increase, yeah? but they're going to be uh, supplemented by, um, by the need to think on your feet and by the need to collaborate and to partner with people up and down the chain uh, far more. Um, and so I think uh, to hire that sort of talent, we're going to have to do um, uh, far more open and far more, um, far more open-ended hiring and recruiting practices to attract people to what I would argue is the heart of the operation, right? And it's it's pretty exciting time because although we haven't talked about any specific technologies, the technologies that are coming through now are fascinating, right? I mean, we're talking about uh, leveraging uh, drone technology, artificial intelligence, having machine learning uh, supporting what we're doing on a day-to-day -day basis, collaborating with people around the world uh, as if they were sitting across the table from you. And this is day-to-day -day business within supply chain. I find that fascinating. And I find that uh, to be something that is a real attract, uh, you know, attracting element for getting people to work in this space. Yeah, but hence, hence the image issue, you know, because when you, when you think about supply chain or when the common person who doesn't understand supply chain is thinks about supply chain, they think about something that is perhaps an antiquated idea of it, when there's so much innovation that is taking place right now. And the good thing to some degree, maybe this is an opportunity, if you turn on the news today, you hear everyone talking about supply chain on the breakfast news, you've got loads of people knowing what supply chain is. So maybe that is also an opportunity for people in the industry. That's right. It seems to be the current buzzword as well. So, you know, everyone's discovered that supply chain is what you need to say when you're talking about the issues. But maybe maybe that's true. And I think, you know, an organization like yours um, or uh, universities or, uh, you know, certification organizations, training institutes and so on like this, we all have a role to play in exactly that image change that we're talking about, right? You know, and whether it's uh, not just focusing on supply chain conferences, but, you know, being able to take stage more often at, uh, you know, broader governmental or, or industry conferences and push the supply chain agenda there or in schools, in universities. And that's what, uh, what we are doing already, but we need to do more of. Well, I mean, even like you said, the, the fact that this, this work from home experiment has been pushed upon us uh, will make us change the way that we work in general. We were talking already about the, fut the future of work, weren't we? Uh, now maybe having this kind of flexibility will, work, will help us get a better understanding of technology and maybe attract different people into, uh, into the function, which will then lead to diverse thinking and creative thinking. And perhaps those, those are the kind of things that will push supply chain forward. What do you think of that? Yeah, I think it's true. And I think, um... 
you'll probably have a whole bunch of people that are asking themselves, why aren't we doing A, B, or C in this current environment, right? And why don't they just leverage this possibility with this technology that we haven't thought about yet? And I would hope that they're the ones that are going to jump on board and not necessarily have to go through a supply chain degree program or a diploma or something, but just jump straight into a startup or into some other enterprise and saying, you know, let's just do this. Yeah? Um, and I think that's the key is that we have to be agile. We have to, we have to open up and listen to completely new ways of thinking. And they'll come from, you know, somebody with a background in history or, uh, or geography, just as much as somebody with a background in logistics management. All right. So your bits of advice now, you know, we're, we're, it's important to, 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 to know that supply chain leadership is something that is fast moving, ever evolving. But right now we are where we are, which is in the middle of a coronavirus pandemic, the likes the world hasn't seen in many generations. Uh, what advice do you have for supply chain leaders today? So what I would say is, I mean, first and foremost, we have to have an absolute crystal clear focus on what's important right now. Yeah, so um, absolutely, before you do anything else, make sure that you're doing your own job well and that you're, you're fulfilling all of the expectations on what is important. And at the moment, for example, within healthcare uh, companies or within hospitals, that is getting uh, care to uh, places where it's needed right now. Yeah, and whether that's manufacturing masks or whether that's getting medicines across the planet, uh, that's the first priority. Second of all, um, I would encourage people to step up and to challenge the status quo or to not be afraid of the conversation. Not be afraid of the conversation either uh, with um, a manufacturing organization, a procurement organization, a difficult supplier, or with a sales and marketing organization or the leadership of the, of the company uh, in uh, questioning what are those priorities that we all need to align on and saying uh, how clearly the supply chain function can influence any different aspect of, the, of those different functions. Yeah? So we are we're involved on a strategic level in long-term planning for distribution networks or manufacturing networks, but also on a day-to-day -day level, uh, operationally in you know, loading trucks and getting products moved. Uh, and at the same time, we're involved on a strategic level in planning, uh, whether it's a three or a five-year planning horizon, or in scheduling the machines uh, for tomorrow morning and seeing what, you know, what order they, they produce the, the widgets uh, in. And so I think that we shouldn't shy away from the fact that we have this breadth of engagement naturally in the role that we play and uh, seeking to understand what are the priorities in that area. That's brilliant advice. I think, I think right now the supply chain leader is firefighting, is uh, dealing with uh, the present, dealing with the future as well. Um, what, are, what do you think the, I mean, I'm not gonna hold you to this, but what do you think the future looks like for professionals in this field? Oh, I think it's bright. It's absolutely, uh, I think it's great. I think it's a great time to be working in supply chain. Um, if you're scared of, uh, of a little bit of chaos and long working days, then it might not be for you. But I don't think that many people are scared of those things anymore. I think uh, when I watch my kids growing up and the next generation is coming, I think they've got a far bigger affinity to dealing with uncertainty than we ever had. Um, but if you're able to deal with that, then I think it's a wonderful time to be working in supply chain. Well, it certainly is.
Declan, thank you so much for joining us on FinTV. I'm sure we'll see you again. In the meantime, stay safe. Uh, and thank you for joining us again. You too. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me.